Check it out. This is MC Vikram and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J. And thank you so much for tuning in to episode 201. Guys, we are into season three, the first episode, 201. That is crazy to me. I have a good friend here. To kick off this new season, I am stoked to have him here. MC Vikram, what's up? How are you? What's up, everybody? MC is here. We're going to get to know him a little better through uh, some questions. And we're going to play a quick game of rapid fire before we get into the interview. So that's also just kind of an icebreaker. In fact, you know what? We're going to do the questions and we'll do the rapid fire at the end. How do you think? What do you think about that? Sounds good. Sounds very good. All right. We got some questions for you. Just so that the guys can get to know you a little bit better, we're going to ask some hard-hitting questions. You ready? All right. Which wine region would you most like to visit? Probably the wine region of Italy. Not Indian food, Italy, but Italy, the country. (laughs) It's It's a valid distinction you had to make. One is I T L A Y. No, I-T-A-L-Y. Spelling bee champion. Yeah, very good. The other one is I-D-L-I. So... Distinction. All right. What was the best outdoor summertime concert you attended? Best concert I went to was the one with the Yemenem. You know Yemenem? I, like I do know Eminem. <laughs> with uh, Mr. JC. Where was that? New York? This was in the Yankee Stadium. Oh, that must have been phenomenal. Beautiful concert. Number one. First class. I, like my hat. Okay. I, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, which school has the best mascot? The fighting Irish guy. I like the way he's putting up his dukes. That's a good one. That's a good one. That is solid. He is a memorable character nonetheless. Yes, he is a very memorable character. He looks like he wanted to do the dishum, dishum. He does. He does. So let me ask you, MC, what motivates you to work hard? Seeing a very big smile on everybody's face and everybody showing me their pearly yellow teeth. I mean, sorry, pearly white teeth. It's usually white before they eat, right? Yes, sometimes. Even they're drinking too much coffee, you know, the teeth are becoming yellow. It can, it can. So now that we've gotten to know you a little bit and your personality, right? We got some questions for you. So how long have you been in the game? If you don't mind, I might speak with my regular voice every once in a while. So yeah, I gotta say it's gotta be it's gonna be hard for you to to maintain. It's gonna be hard to maintain the accent the whole time. Feel so free, we'll feel me- free to go regular and then. And go back into it. All sprinkle right, cool. it. Sprinkle it. Sounds good. Sprinkle, sprinkle. You know, we like that. <laughs> All right. So what got me started? Yeah. Well, well when, when did you join the game? Well, what got me started was back in the day when I was listening to the radio. Uh, we used to listen to Hot 97 a lot mm-hmm. uh, in New York. Uh, it was a popular radio station. And there was uh, some sort of an interlude where they, I guess they were trying to introduce a new show or, uh, you know, a new game that they had. And they had this guy that was. He had like he sounded like he had an Indian accent and he was doing kind of like a funny rhyme type thing. So it sounded like he was rapping. And so when I heard that, I was like thinking like, oh, wow, that's pretty funny. Like 
it, like I thought it was personally funny and I thought, you know, I wanted to do something like that. I thought like if I myself was laughing, I would like to get other people to laugh with the Indian accent because I love doing the Indian accent. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, I love our culture. I, I love how, you know, our, our generation laughs when we hear the Indian accent because, you know, we grew up to it. It's something that we can all relate to. No doubt. And so for those at home, uh, MC and I are both from South India, a lovely, beautiful state of Kerala in That's India. Right. And we've been friends. And so now is like how we're getting this behind the scenes of the evolution of MC Vikram and his comeback, if you would. This interview has never been done before. I, have Just you never you done know. an interview? Am I never your first? Never done before. On. First yes. interview. I mean, we had one interview back in the day, like on uh, on somebody's website, mm-hmm. but not, nothing like nothing that's going to be this, uh, you know, this kind of like. This is huge, is what you say. Well. Yeah. This is huge. This is, and so like. Well, let you, me stop you real quick, Amy. There was actually a picture that you posted up recently with your hair like all frizzy, like oh, back in the day. Oh, my God. Yes. And that really brought me back because I think I remember you from way back then. We knew we've so gone we've known way each back. other for a while. We've gone way back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. If you remember the fuzzy hair, that's <laughs> it's on Instagram. If you guys are curious, I'll, I'll let you. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but you probably <laughs> will. So you were known. You kicked it off. And let me see if this will play. Let me see if this will play. Hold on. Vikram and Luda Krishna are representing y'all. Right. That's right. Increase the volume, please. Thank you. Welcome to India Mango Juices and Lessies, home of the crazy desis and little kids that are milking the besties. Toothbrush in my pocket. What is that? We use our fingers here to keep our teeth so clear. Who said that? Luda Krishna here, Vikram pulling the Tata gears. And I am sitting in the Maru, the Supreme, with the food. So, and guys, I'll have a link to that on the show notes page so you can hear all of it. And his other works, because he's done more than one. But back when you did that, how old were you? So that uh, that verse was my boy, Luda Krishna. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we were, this was back in 2002 that we did that song. So 2002, college? College, yep. Yeah, college years, yep. right? What were you planning to be? Uh, in college, I was doing a bachelor's in finance and marketing. So I was looking to get into business. Was that something you had wanted to do previously or safety and money or what was your? It was just something that, you know, I didn't want to go the traditional medical field route. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I thought business was the next best thing for me. That was something I was more interested in. But in that time, though, you found this joy of comedy and rap, a fusion of it that you've done. And you blew up this guys. This is let me be clear. There was no Instagram. In 2002, there <laughs> no, was none of that. Uh, was there Twitter? I no, there was no Twitter. There was no Twitter. Facebook was just up and coming. Right. Right. So we're bringing this back. He blew up the the AOL IM scene. Yes. Yes. Very right. Friendster, if it was there. Yes. Friendster. Right. Yeah. Uh, he blew that up for the South Indian, Malayali, maybe even Indian community. Because he did something that wasn't traditional at all or that anybody dared to do. Did you did you feel that way? What, am I overstating that? No, not at all. It was definitely uh, a risk just because a majority, I'm going to generalize, I'm going to stereotype, a majority of our community was more traditional. And for someone to be uh, openly like kind of doing comedy like this, it mm-hmm. wasn't really something that like the parents or the adults would like uh, kind of be proud of. No. Just because they thought you had to be like a doctor or an yeah. engineer or the typical, you know, Indian, uh, you know, jobs that you had to get. Yeah, it it was 
I, I don't think you're overstating it. I think the generalization is accurate and fitting at that time. So what made you brave enough to do it, though? So it was just a culmination of listening to, you know, like a lot of these songs and just like me being involved in like, you know, with church and stuff. I get a lot of, like involved in a lot of uh, comedy skits with mm-hmm. a bunch of my church guys. So, uh, you know, we would do that. And, you know, it just it just brought me a lot of joy to see people in the audience just like laughing, you know, and um, it's something and I, I love doing it again. Like, I love doing the Indian accent. I loved our culture. I was just like very observant about everything. You know, I was born here, I was born in Flushing, Queens, but I just picked up the culture so much because I loved it and just kind of ran with it. You know, I just I just loved seeing people laugh. And to be clear, guys, um, you know, we're very we're very involved in our church community. Right. Yeah. We, we're down. We're not embarrassed by our culture or anything like neither of us. Right. And so it was with the utmost respect that he's doing this stuff to put it out there. But it was also the most it was the most brave and most envious, I think, that people were because because I know you you probably don't like hearing the praise, but people loved it. People loved it. Welcome to India was played whenever and as often as it could be played. Like at events, people were like, and I remember, I don't know if it was a wedding. I told someone I knew you (laughs) and they were like, oh my God, you know, MC Vikram. (laughs) And I know your government name. So I'm like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, he's good. He's cool. But I'm like, I also know you. So like, was the reception you received anticipated or did you, were you surprised? No, it wasn't anticipated at all. Um, you know, I made these songs mainly for my own, like, uh, I wanted my own interest to come alive. Mm-hmm. And so I figured, you know what? And the thing is, you know, like I said, back in the day, the adults wouldn't really look at it as, you know, something that they'd be proud of. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to do this in a way where I'm going to put the stuff out there, but nobody's going to know it's me. Mm. So what I did was I created this character. I created this personality. I sent out these songs and I kind of like waited for the feedback. I waited to see what people thought of the songs, what they thought of the music. So then, you know, once I started hearing that people started liking the songs and people started saying, hey, did you hear this? Did you hear that? You know, I'd be sitting in the background kind of thinking like, wow, you know, this is this is kind of like working, you know? Yeah. So then I started making more songs. And then, you know, I just started, I just kept doing that and just kind of just, it just kind of blew up. Yeah, I remember um, Curry and Rice Girl. Which was to the tune of Hollow Back Girl. Gwen yep. Stefani, Pharrell, I think. You know, I think Pharrell made the beat. Yeah. I think made the beat. It, very popular. Again, again, a hit with the community. But, you know, as just as much as there is positive and uh, praise for what you were doing, did you also re- receive criticism? Oh, of course. I mean, with, uh, with anything that you do that's outside of the box or, I mean, what's really outside of the box, right? Like, if somebody does one thing, then if you do something else that's different, that's outside of the box. Yeah. But it could be inside of the box for you. It's so normal to you that you think this is what I should be doing. You know, but um, I did receive a lot of criticism. Um, people were thinking that I was making fun of Indians. Mm-hmm. Um, people were thinking that I was taking the accent and just, you know, um, kind of feeding into the whole racism thing. But I wasn't doing that at all. You know, I had I had friends who were straight from India. I had friends who were from here that were ABCDs, American born, confused desis. You know, um, I had friends with all types of Indians, but I loved our culture and I knew that everybody could relate to what I was rapping about. And they would, you know, they would show me 
like that they love the songs because they would laugh and they would say, mm-hmm. you know, that song was funny. You know, you did a good job. We got to hear more. And so I don't remember. Did you ever come out with anything official or like even a, a track or a mixtape? I did have a, I guess, a quote unquote CD. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like a makeshift CD. I kind of printed out a bunch of covers, um, you know, copied a bunch of CDs. I had, I think I had about 19 songs on there. Um um, yeah, so it was like, you know, I, I kind of handed it out to a bunch of my friends. Sure. Uh, nothing that I kind of like, you know, published out big time or anything like that. But because the majority of the time, majority of the stuff was out on, you know, uh, Napster. Yes, because again, uh, YouTube wasn't a thing <laughs> then, guys. Yeah. YouTube so, was I mean, not a lot a of people can't relate to like what we're talking about right now, but it's just something that people of our generation, like they remember all and I'm bringing back a lot of memories right now. Absolutely. But the thing I love about what you did is you found a way to make it happen. You didn't have record deals. You didn't have, there wasn't anybody to get a record deal with, especially in the Indian community at that time. And, but you found a way amongst word of mouth, among, like, I don't even know how it got to Baltimore. I don't even remember how, I think it was probably through the church channels of family and friends passing it along, probably through Napster. You got a song, email it or something like that. Well, not email because that's, that's what I was doing, though. I was yeah. attaching I was attaching the songs. Yeah. Um, and then they would just get circulated around kind of like the chain letters. But it was huge. And it, it made an impact because one, it was good comedy. It was yeah. a good um, parody. I made sure it was for it was for the children, meaning like, yes, nothing provocative, nothing like kids were singing it. <laughs> Yep, I Kids. made sure it was like that because you know we're like you said. You know, I want to make sure that I'm not influencing anybody in a negative way. Yeah. So I had to make sure that I was doing something that that I knew was um was kind of in line with my morals and values. Did you take this act on the road? Yeah, yeah. We uh we traveled around. We traveled around to Florida, California, Chicago. You know, all over the U.S. It was uh it was a lot of fun. Did you imagine though that it would be um like you did this? You traveled. But did you didn't keep it going? No, I didn't keep it going. Um, you so know, what so happened? Like, so what happened was, I guess at a certain point, uh, I started feeling like I was forcing myself to, mm. um, to just just try to like make sure that everything was like a like a hit song. And when you put too much pressure pressure on yourself, you take away from the fun of it. Yeah, you know, and you don't really you don't genuinely love it anymore, and you're just kind of going to get burnt out. So that's kind of what happened. But. It looks like you're making a comeback. Is that is that fair to say? Or are we just yes, hoping? Yes, I am, I am working on a comeback. Maybe not of the exact type of, uh, you know, MC Vikram, like parody songs. Mm-hmm. But I am looking to to get back in the scene. What's interesting is, is that, um, you know, making a comeback, it's going to be different, right? It's a different generation that you're kind of going to need to win over. Does that intimidate you at all? Well, you know, the first time that I did it with MC Vikram, um, I never thought it was going to get this big. I kind of took it. Uh, I took a chance. I took a risk. You know, I thought, you know, a lot of people aren't going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something that I love doing. And I know that I'm doing this not just for myself, but I'm doing it for other people. I want other people to laugh. I want other people to have a good time. I want other people to be able to sit at their house and just listen to the songs. And, you know, I know that if I know it's a new generation, but. If you think about it too much, you're going to go into like analysis paralysis. That is so, a great point. You know, so one thing that you, you got to think about is, all right, you know, like a lot of people, they think, all right, I'm going to read like 20 books and read 30 books. I'm going to make sure that I know how to do this the proper way. But sometimes there is no proper way. 
sometimes you kind of got to just take that risk and think, you know what, let me just do this and see where it goes. And then you just keep making songs. I made a lot of, a lot of trash songs. I mean, trash meaning like they weren't good at all. Wait, but okay, so I-, I want you to say that again, because I think sometimes people think musicians only have hits. No, 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 not at all. I mean, I made a lot of songs where I, I would listen to the song again and I would say, oh, my God, what did I just do? <laughs> like, why did I just record that? You know, but then at that point, I couldn't do anything about it because it was already out there. Once I mm-hmm. recorded the songs, I would send it out. So it's like you're open to criticism at that point. Oh, you didn't hold yeah. back. No, I didn't hold back. And then going back to the, the question where you said, do a lot of people hate? Mm-hmm. I got threats on my website for people to beat me up and stuff. Whoa, so, really? I mean, yeah, there was, there, was a, there was a lot of stuff. You know, like if you see, saw the, the uh, guest book, the comments and all that stuff, people made a lot of threats, you know, like, I mean, what can you do? It's just that people don't understand who you are. So no matter what, their perspective is different than your perspective. So you're never going to yeah. please everyone. But you kept going, even despite the fact that people were threatening you online? I kept going. You know why? Because I knew I wasn't doing anything intentionally to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. So you know what? If I don't have a guilty conscience, I can keep going. I mean, that's a great point. I, I wanted to come back to something you said earlier about how um, it was almost like a single view, a single story, and people being in the box, Right. And how I think I said that you were doing something outside of the box, but what is the box? You know, did you see it as being outside the box, though, what you were doing? Well, I mean, well, okay. so define the box that is outside. Was that society's box? So outside of the box, I would say is so in our culture, we have the certain norms that we had to follow. And I obviously wasn't doing that with this, with the music and making the comedy and using the accent and an Indian trying to do something funny with a rap song mm-hmm. or a pop song. So that, to me, was outside of the box. You know, the thing about what you did, right, and it being outside the box, in 2002, if we look at the landscape today, you have Lily Singh, Superwoman, who is doing... doing she's doing her she's thing. She's doing her thing, who made the same parodies, made similar skits, Skitch, skitch, sketches and comedy and videos consistently, right? Yep. For years, probably four years, who has turned that into a career, who's turned that into a public figure, who's turned that into now upcoming late night talk show host on mainstream network TV. Respect. Right? Yep. But you did it first. I'm not, this is in comparison. <laughs> I, I'm not, hate, all the, all the Superwoman fans, please don't come after me. She is amazing. But what I'm saying is, if there weren't people trying this, right, then we wouldn't know it was possible. We'd still have closed-minded people who thought right, who true. would not get outside of there. So whether you took the break or not, you put a seed in people that made it think, hey, this is possible. And this is okay. Because like you said, you did it without the intent of hurting someone. It was clean. It was good. Kids were singing it. Kids were proud to be from India by singing this song. It would come on and people would just, I'm telling you, I know you don't like it. <laughs> people, kids, my cousins, my little cousins would hear it and they would just sing along with it because they were so proud. It was a song about their home country that they could enjoy and sing. But you planted that seed amongst the atypical generation that this was okay. And, and I didn't even know I was doing that. And you didn't even know. That wasn't your intent. Right? You took a risk. It happened. You took a break, not because of 
haters or anything like that, but the pressure of it on yourself, right? You're making a comeback. But if people don't take these chances like you did, that risk that you did, we wouldn't have Lily Singh. We wouldn't have Mindy Kaling. We wouldn't have Aziz Ansari, who all did the same thing in taking risks, right? And now here you are. Your risk was taken. You are also established. Like, people know who you are. People know MC Vikram. They do. They do. Even if you've been out of the spotlight, the moment Welcome to India plays, people know. Right? And so what made you come back and and do this again, though? So as you mentioned earlier, we are in touch with our church and things like that. So for me personally, I always felt like God gives everyone a talent. And I don't have too many talents. There's certain things that I'm good at. And This is something that I really enjoyed doing. And this was the culmination of me believing that I was going to use my talent and share it with the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm anything great, but I'm just saying this is a true example of the fact that when you have your talents and you make use of your talents and you you go outside of the box and you want to share it with the world, that great things can happen. Great things can happen. And I do feel, and I'm going to say this boldly, I believe in God. I believe there's a God out there. I believe um, that God has been listening to my prayers and mm-hmm. that he doesn't always answer your prayers right away. Like people think this is like a magic genie where, you know, you rub the lamp and then you get your wishes right away. It's not like that. Um, but I feel like for me personally in my life and, you know, power to everybody who, you know, they do whatever they want in regards to spirituality. You know, that's fine with me. But for me personally, I feel like this was God's way of telling me, uh, I'm going to show you how you can be great. This is your formula. Uh, you know, let me let me take that back. I'm not great at all. I'm going to show you how you can use your talent to the maximum ability. And to me, that was great because I was being the best me. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was great because I was being the best me for myself. I'm not great compared to anyone else. I'm just a regular person like everyone else. But I felt like my life has changed because I took that risk. So for the better. So. Yes. I mean, you know, we're on the same page. We have the same faith. Um, I love the description of the talent and the intention that God doesn't give you that talent. He doesn't want you to waste it. He doesn't want you to hide it. Right. He doesn't say it has to be a great talent. He doesn't say you have to have an outcome that's great. He just says, use it, shine a light on it. And, And that's what you're doing. And so, you know, in this in this revamp, the second effort that you're making, right? What's the intent? What are you what are you thinking? What can we expect moving forward for you? So and, the intent yeah. Okay, go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go with that. So the intent for this new come up is basically showing people or helping people to bring out their own talents. Helping people to realize that they need to stop thinking about what other people might think of them and to really show the world what they're good at, or even if not show the world. Show yourself, Mm. prove it to yourself that you're good at something like you may not think that you're good at it, but that's something that you're not realizing. You're not you're not coming to the reality that you actually have this talent. And I want people to. To really to really work on that, I want people to realize that life can be different, like if you just take that chance. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that because you've already seen what can happen when you put yourself out there. Right. And so. To, to see it again, to inspire a new generation. And even, frankly, I think you'll inspire some of the current generation that we were, for, we were a part of, as still are, 
right? Because I think there's still people who aren't living their true self per se, right? They yeah. they live what has been defined for them, what they are quote unquote supposed to be. Um, and I think that's a shame. And I think what you're gonna, about to do is going to inspire them. Let me ask you, because it's been over, mm, math is not my thing, 17 years. <laughs> is that right? Ten, From 2002? Seven, yes. 17 yeah. years. Yeah. Probably not, it's not 17 years since you retired, but right. in that time, right, you've seen people of all ages, you've seen um, a variety of backgrounds, right? You've seen all these people, you've met, interacted with them, time has passed, you've seen them change. What have you seen that's kind of, um, you wish people would know better about? Meaning, so all these people aren't living their true selves. For me, that's the observation I've made, yeah. right? What is it about the fans that you've had or the people you're seeing that also makes you want to come back and have this conversation and go back to doing what you're doing? Um, it kind of kind of ties into like um, what we were just saying before. Um, I just I just really feel like people aren't exploring um, their potential. You know, like I, I feel like people really need to. And, you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm doing everything that my that my mind pleases like all right you know I, I love to do this i love to do this i love to do this mm -hmm. but i think we all have to take baby steps in trying to do those things and trying to get over our fears and trying to you know uh accomplish our goals you know um i just think i just think it's very important that people are just dumbing down the capabilities that they have i think i okay so i can't really have this conversation with too many people um because i don't get a lot of indians on here which isn't for one reason or another. It might be because not a lot of y'all are chasing your dreams. But, <laughs> right. But, um, you said something interesting. And I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. An observation I've had also is that people aren't reaching their full potential as well. Just like you did. And maybe dumbing down or just not doing it. I'm wondering. My hypothesis is. Let's hear it. People, Indians in particular. Because that's the observation I'm making, guys. Don't go getting offended. Indians are afraid of doing something different from what the Indian society is, expects of them. Meaning if you go outside the box of doctor, engineer, lawyer, then what? Right. We only have a few famous Indian folks right now. Right. We, we have we have a few. Priyanka, you're doing it for us. Thank you. You know, and, and a few others. Mindy, good work. Um, but. I think people are afraid of the lack of stability for that. And therefore they stay within what I'll define as a box for them. What do you think? I think, I think that's definitely a valid point. Um, I think our people are just, we're also accustomed to thinking that, you know, a salary job is also mm. safe, but the thing is, if is a company it? wants to downsize, they can let you go in a second. And then what? Same with the government. Same with the government. doesn't matter what. A lot of y'all think the government is safe, but how long was that furlough? How long was that furlough? Right. <laughs> but the point. thing is, what's safe? Mm. Right? So everybody thinks a salary job is safe, but the thing is, with businesses, you may try and it may not be successful. You got to try again. Failure is a part of success. Failure, if you think of the word failure as something bad, you're not going to get to success. Mm-hmm. You got to think about failure as part of the formula to success. Failures are stepping stones. 
you got to take the you out of failure and stop thinking it, applying it to yourself as it's something that defines you. Why are you laughing, girl? No, no, that was good. That was good. <laughs> take know. the you out of failure. You out of go ahead. I try. I try. <laughs> So uh, just to be clear, guys, while while I made the observation in the Indian community, I think what he, what MC is um, alluding to is applicable across the board. It's applicable across the board, because I think to your point to expand upon and add a little bit, I think when we you're right, we we want safe. We want safe. We're looking for safe. But what is safe? And I think safe for people is monetary and not just and not just uh you know 30k monetary people think safe is having that six figure or very close to it if i don't have that i'm not safe and the thing people forget is that you can be happy and safe with a 40k job with a 20k job well maybe not 20 with the standard of living right now but like depends on where you live depends on where where you live but there are people without six figures that are living happier lives than people with six figures but the 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 key thing there is we have to stop worrying about what other people think Mm -hmm. we have to stop comparing ourselves to other people you know you like you said you can live a a, have a forty thousand dollar job it doesn't have to be a salary job you could be doing your own side hustle you could be Mm -hmm. doing a side hustle that becomes your permanent hustle making all this money, this $40,000, but yet you're inside, you're happy. You know, you could be, you know, extending that happiness to the rest of your life. And, you know, there are people who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars that just have, just not happy. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's all they do. And I I honestly think people need to stop chasing money and chase happiness. Yep. Like, I totally agree with that. Right. I mean, whatever you do now, I'm not saying you, you don't need money. Don't put words in my mouth. No, money is great. Money is great. But if you chase money, I think that's where people start going wrong, so to speak. Right? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I think cause, because you're never going to be happy because you're always going to think, all right, I make this much. Oh, man, that person makes that much more than me. Or, you know, if you're looking Comparison, at it, yeah. That's what it is. That's I what mean, you were talking about. You, you, you're just never going to have more than someone else. Someone else is going to have more than you. If you try to get all right, I'm going to get this uh, Lexus. All right, somebody else is going to have a Lamborghini. All right, somebody else is going to have... A Tesla. um, Yeah, Yeah. something like that. I mean, you're never going to beat somebody else. So what's the point of trying to reach all these other levels when you're never going to be satisfied? You got to be happy with what you have as opposed to looking at things that you don't have. Let's look at this. I We just hit 200 episodes, right, guys? This is 201. I am over the moon. But do you know there are people with 300... There are people with 500. There are people with a thousand episodes out there, right? There's no point. If I go comparing to a thousand, I'm going to stop this podcast, right? That's not the whole point of it. I have fun having these conversations with my guests, with my friends about this. You know, it, it's not about the numbers. It's not about the money. It's about what's underlying it. And once people kind of start thinking in that way versus how can I get my next buck, you, you change your perspective. Yeah. No, so let me, let me ask you, given all this and given the conversation we had, right. Uh, your comeback, God willing, God go, willing. goes, goes strong, goes smooth. But let's say it's not, you're not selling records like a hundred. Would you still be happy doing it? Yeah. Because I wasn't, I wasn't selling really anything before. I was mm-hmm. kind of just like 
making making material and giving it out to the public. You know, I was just kind of like distributing it and just seeing people's reactions. People coming up to me and say, oh, I heard your song. And they're from like a totally random state that I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, I've heard of all the states, obviously. But, um, <laughs> you know, like a location or a town or a city or somewhere from a different country or something that I've never heard of. And they're telling me that they heard the song. I'm like amazed at like how crazy it's gotten, you know? Mm-hmm. So like just to have that type of reaction, that, that brings me a lot of happiness. And I think that's that's a very healthy way to look at it. Right. It's not yeah. one that everyone has. It's a healthy way to look at it. Because the other thing is, right, you you have a day job? Yeah. You're doing this in your spare time, mm-hmm. right? When you could be doing other things. At, so, like, you got to have the right mentality and motivation for it. Otherwise, you're just yeah. going to hate what you're, you're doing. Crash. Yep. You're just going to crash. Yeah, you got to love what you're doing. Like, for you, what's your, what's your motivation behind the comeback? Motivation behind the comeback is just basically sharing my talent with the world and just... uh just knowing that I have a talent, it's not something to that. That's like something that's like exceptional to someone else. But to me, it's me being the best me. That's you your know, why. I, that, that's my why. That's, that's your basically why. it. See, and, and I, I, I want to give glory to God for whatever talent he's given me. Mm-hmm. I want to show him that I'm thanking him for what he's given me and by sharing it with other people and trying to uplift other people at the same time. See, and if you as you go through this journey and the reason I ask that is, you know, these journeys are tough. You know, doing my podcast is tough. It's a lot. Um, but if I come back to my why, if you go back to your why, it makes it easier. But if you focus only on the money, then that fluctuating variable is going to stress you out. And you're going to quit sooner than you can say quit. Yep. And so I, I want you guys to understand that because MC has defined his why. He knows what he's doing. He knows why he's doing it. And it's not for the monetary. It's a nice, and it's a nice side. It's a nice thing. Is once you, once you kind of, and you know how it is, you've accomplished much in your life, Amy. You've been, I just want to say thank you, first of all, for that, that one time that we had that conversation. Well, there's been many times where I've reached out to you randomly and you've helped me out. So I appreciate <laughs> that. And that, that, that time that we had the call about the podcast, I appreciate that you walked <laughs> me through everything. So that, that I just want everybody to know that Amy is a very genuine person and she's very helpful and stop blushing girl. <laughs> She's a very genuine person. She's very helpful and she's really doing a great thing here. And for all you guys that are listening, you guys are listening to somebody who's really a great person. I Thank you. Teardrop. <laughs> thank you. Where's thank the you. Drop, Amy. Come on. Come, come on, man. Um I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Um but I think you know the the story and one of the reasons I wanted you to on the show is cuz I know your intentions were pure before right? That's why it went so well, right? Everyone who saw what you did understood why you did it and why it went so well. A lot of people think you have to manufacture something, but what you did was pure from the heart and people could see it, right? And and it's not often that you get lightning in that bottle. And so you had it and the timing and everything aligned perfectly because, and this is what I want everyone to understand, he took the chance when he felt he needed to take the chance. Plain and simple. Yeah. Like, do you think you would have come up with Welcome to India today? Today? No way. No way. Because it's like you're in a different time. You're in a different environment. You're surrounded by different people. You know, it's just like you just kind of got to embrace it. Like when you feel like you want to you make something happen, you got to make it happen. Gotta you can't wait it on happen. it too long. Got to make it happen. 
Yeah, and I think that's exactly what you did, which is awesome. When you feel the motivation, you feel the inspiration to do it, you just can't wait like, you know, a couple of days because then it, di- it dies down. Yeah. You got to take advantage of that feeling. You got you to really make moves. And then if somebody doesn't like it, they don't like it. You like what you did. You had fun doing it. So that's all that matters. And then there could be somebody in some random country, just like with my songs, that likes, that likes the stuff that you put out. And, you know, you made one other person happier. Have you watched uh, Samuel L. Jackson's movie, Snakes on a Plane? So it is a movie, guys, about snakes on a plane. It is. I liked it. OK, let, let me just say that. I liked okay. it. Uh-huh. It did not get the best reviews, <laughs> but it is a cult classic, I think, at this point. And there was an interview that was going on with Samuel L. Jackson. And this interviewer basically said, you know, do you regret having made uh, such a bad movie, essentially, of Snakes on a Plane? And Samuel L. Jackson, being who he is, cursed him out. It was like, I love doing that film. And I th- and I had so much respect for him because he's right. You know, you may think it's a terrible film, but remember, there's a lot of people that put a film together. They may not have the same opinion as you. Yeah. You got to do it what you think is right. And he did. Totally and, right. That's and totally for whatever right. reason, I can't wa- I can't not watch that movie when it comes on, even though it is so icky to me because there's <laughs> so those snakes are lifelike. I don't know why, but I, I but still it, have to watch but it. It's exactly like exactly what we're talking about, right? So like somebody may look at the movie. I may look at the movie and think, oh, wait, that's not an interesting movie. I'm not mm-hmm. going to watch it. Now you watch the movie and you love the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's two totally different perspectives here. Yeah. So you're never going to please everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Get the same perspective that you have. So you might as well just take the risk and do it. Don't plan. You know, if you want to, if you want to, this is what you got to do. Yeah. Take the chance. You learn from the experience and you tweak it until you're satisfied with the product and and if other people like it at the same time that's great but if you like it even better then that's good i can't say anything more than that guys if i could drop this mic i would but it's on a stand right now. <laughs> it's staying it's not going anywhere yeah exactly uh all right it is time from some rapid fire so what we're gonna do if i get the right right stuff is we're gonna test your skills i'm going to share a timer with you let me know when you can see it all right, I see it. All right, you see it. 30 seconds is going to be on the clock. The average number is nine. Okay. Okay, and you're going to simply pick this or that. All right? All right. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Baseball or football? Football. Chess or checkers? Chess. Thumbs up or fruity? Fruity all the way. <laughs> Running or weightlifting? Weightlifting. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Stay in or go out? Go out. Superpower or super strength? Superpower. Email or handwritten letter? Email. Sneakers or sandals? Sandals. Chuppels. <laughs> you had Air to get batas. that one. You had Air to get batas. batas? Yep. You had to get that one in there. For yeah. for everyone else, those are Indian uh, sandals. Signature oh, sandals. Signature. I'm, those yep. things have been out for... Classics. Classics. I've... Like the Air Force Ones. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Just the average. The average. That's all right. That's all right. It still gets you it's there. Good. It's all good. Listen, MC, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Let me ask you if people want to get in touch with you, how can they find you? 
They can hit me up at officialmcvikram at gmail.com. I'm also on uh, Instagram at officialmcvikram. Awesome. Guys, be sure to check him out. Follow him. Good things are about to come out. You're going to want to be there. You're going to be on top of it. If you guys want to find the show notes to this episode, be sure to go to amyj21.com slash episode 201. That's episode 201. And until next time, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's aimeej one Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.